Hello, everybody, and welcome to Anime Roulette, the show where we watch a different anime every other week, and we just talk about it. My name is Connor, and I'm here with Ashley. Hello, everybody. And Scott. Hello. Uh, and today we are talking about The Ancient Magus Bride, a, an anime that I was very excited to watch. I hadn't watched it yet. Um, I believe you both had already seen it. I had. I'd watched a portion of it. Yep. Yeah. And I had watched none of it, and I had no idea what any of it was going to be. Um, spoiler alert, I fucking loved it. Uh, it was incredible. I have a lot to say about this anime in particular. Uh, well, let's just kind of jump off at uh, what have you guys been up to this last two weeks? It's been so long. Crafting. Not much. Crafting. Video games and anime, as usual. Good old Scott here, the one that got me back into video games. We were playing a lot of Overwatch, but all it took for me to stop playing Overwatch was for my sister to say, hey, what's a good MMO that isn't World of Warcraft? Yeah, you and I have been into the Final Fantasy for a oh, while now. Yeah, I haven't but played now it so long. all alone in Overwatch, playing somebody, by my lonesome. Somebody did mention he was probably going to join us in Final Fantasy. I, I did hear that at one point. I believe he said that. Come to the cool side. Never the yet. exact words were, hey, Connor, that's really cool that you're playing Final Fantasy. I think that would be a lot of fun playing with you. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we... Uh, on a tangent already. Hey, listen, you gotta. We're going to be talking about some heavy stuff. So uh, obviously this is your, your warning. Uh, we're talking about some heavy stuff. There's mentions of, you know, suicide and uh, depression. It's a very dark. It but is fun. Very dark. It's it's strange because it's dark, but it's done in such a fun way. Yeah, it it paces the the dark under like the dark tones really well with bringing people back with something happy or silly. I mean, with the animation with uh, Elias with his face, you know, where they make him like a chibi face, you mm-hmm. know, to to get a point across because he doesn't have facial expressions, so they needed to do something else which was really smart of them, how they moved yeah. around and they decided to do that. They made a faceless character very emotional. Yeah. Like, be able to have, like, I don't know, like, to to show what he's feeling. It's very impressive. Um, so, like we did the last episode, I'm going to start this off with a little uh, as quick as possible uh, explanation of what this show is. Girl wants to die. Girl sells herself... To a man for five million pounds. Uh, girl finds out he's a mage. Girl is going to become a mage. And also his wife. He is old. She is also 16. I would like to just put that one in there. Uh, he, they then go on wild antics. Such as meeting dragons. Getting kidnapped. Getting kidnapped again. Uh, Being meeting- stabbed. Yes. Meeting the man who threw a rock at Jesus? Yes. That did happen. Yup. Um, dragon's curses. Dragon's curses. We, we got a whole bunch of trauma. A lot of death. A lot of sadness. And a lot of funny. It's a, it's a joy to watch. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, I think I did a good job. There's alchemists. I don't... I, it's what we got. It's it's classic. I think that's it, though. I mean, there's not really, other than what I just said, there's not a whole lot. 
I'm assuming he's talking nice. about the sorcerers. Yeah, the alchemists. Oh, sorry, sorcerers. they're they're referred to as alchemists in the dub. Oh, they're sorcerers. I will be sorcerers in the. I will be speaking exclusively in dub talk, uh, as I feel like more people that more people will listen to the dub. I think. I, f- I, I recommend feel. personally the sub. I recommend. I recommend do what you're comfortable with. I also recommend do what you're comfortable with. I watch the sub because I watch everything sub. I even touch the dub version of this. I seldom watch subs anymore, as I like to be able to not look at the bottom of the screen. I, I think it's kind of hit and miss with me with dubs and subs. If it's a really good dub, then yeah, I'm all about the dub. I'm a fast reader, but I, I don't know. There's something, something about subs I'm just uh, not feeling right now. Every, everything everything I watch, doesn't matter if it's anime or normal television, it's always got subtitles on. Oh, yeah, same. Because I'm I'm hard of hearing anyway, mm-hmm. so it's just easier for me to have subtitles on. So I just I watch the Japanese version because I'm just used to subtitles anyway, and... Um, I always I think like the voice acting in Japan, oh, it's it, incredible because it, they they put so much more like emotion into everything. You know they've got silly little words for most things, and uh, they're not afraid to actually like yell and do all this other craziness. Unlike a Western voice actor who usually won't go that far with how like they express themselves in the mm-hmm. booth. For me, it's like hit or miss with like the funny aspects of it. Because sometimes, if I'm watching something subbed and they tell a joke or something, it kind of goes over my head, yeah. or I feel like it doesn't fit. Just because you know I'm yeah. American and it, we have very different ideals of comedy and different things like that. So it's like hit or miss for me. Yeah, and, then and sometimes, like with the dubs, something that they try to be funny, I just it doesn't fit into like what's happening in it. Yeah. Also, you know, translations can ruin jokes, and they do quite often. It's true. Well, it depends. Like, that's the thing. A lot of it, because it's not necessarily a translation team. It's like, it's a localization team. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, they make the jokes themselves, kind of. Oh, yeah. Like, like they translate it, but, like, they try to, to, son of a bitch. Yeah, that was me. You I made that noise that time. piece of shit. No, they, they try to, they try to make it, um, and some, some do very well, like Space Dandy. I think both are great, but, like, the dub is funnier to me because mm. I, I'm American, I think. Right. But, like, the subs are also good. Like, I don't know. A lot of times, like, it's hard because we're fucking weebs. Like, we know a lot about Japanese culture and a lot about, like, Japanese humor. And we can find the humor in a lot of that stuff. But I think a lot of Americans don't know that stuff that well. Yeah. So it, it definitely helps to have it localized. Um. But- but, you know, to tie, and tie this all in together so it doesn't seem like we're off too much on a tangent there, the, the jokes actually land, you know, for the most part in this show oh, God, yeah. when they put them in there. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's it's like, it's it's just a fun time. Now, I do have a, a recurring segment now called uh, Connor's Gonna Talk About the OP. Oh, yes. It's going to be quick this time. I didn't have a lot to say about it. There's not a lot to say about them. Uh, the first one I do want to bring up, though. Uh, when I first heard it, like it instantly hit me with nostalgia, and I wasn't sure why. And I realized maybe two or three episodes in, it sounds so much like the opening to uh, Wild Arms. It's an old PS1 RPG. There's something he about it. He made me listen to I did. them both, and I, I can did. I could tell because when he said that to me, uh, I didn't 
I was like, no, no. No, it sounds so similar. Like, and that's the thing. It's it, I think it's that like Western like kind of guitar riff, right? With like the whistling a little bit. It's it, it, I don't even think it has whistling in it, but there's something about like the I, I don't even know what instrument it was. I think it might have been a flute. Uh, but there's something about it that just sounds so reminiscent of that. Like I think with the beat and the rhythm of it all. Um, the first OP, it slaps. It fucks even. That's my rating. Uh, it's I think it, it's just great. It's so fun. It's very lonely. It's got a lot of it's a, really sad. like loneliness. That's the feeling I get when you listen to it and you see see it playing out. Yeah, because it starts out with Chise <coughs> by herself, mm-hmm. um, looking around. You know, struggling. You can see that she's struggling. She's looking for some sort of light. And then it transitions into her with Elias, you know, that got the thorns mm-hmm. and everything. And it's starting to show how she's building a life um, with the person who, who bought her. Because he didn't just buy her, but we can, we'll get into that when we actually <laughs> get into that. But yeah, you get to see how Elias wants to protect her. Um, you can see later on in towards the end of the OP where she comes flying back and it's it ends with her smiling joyously, you know, coming back into his arms, you know, because that means she's she's come home. She's found her perch, as mm-hmm. they, they say a lot in the uh, the anime itself. It's very interesting because, like, aside from that bit that you just said, there is not a lot of metaphor in this in this OP. It's kind of just... Uh, that followed by a bunch of clips from the show itself, which are really good. Like, I mean, it still works and it works really well with like, it goes on beat. It's very rhythmic. It's very good. I liked it a lot, but like, there's not much to it. No, but I like that. I I don't think that's an issue. Um, the second OP, however, boy, howdy, it fucks raw hard. Oof. It goes, it slaps, it, it fucks hard and raw. It's so fucking good, dude. It just... It, it, it's so chill right at the beginning, and then it fucking hits the, the crescendo-ass drum beat, and it just... It, like, that drum roll, and I instantly am just like, oh, yeah, no, this is good. This is good shit. I'm in. I'm in on this. But again, there wasn't a whole lot to the OP itself. No. It's just kind of clips and, of the episodes that are going to come up. Yeah, they brought they brought it in. They, they showed more of, you know... Uh, that Phoenix, which is the ending of the first OP, you know, they show where that started, you know, her leaving the dragon. Mm-hmm. So it's giving you snippets of what's coming, but they don't show it really in order. So no. you don't ever know what's going to happen. And you don't know if said part is actually in the anime because they do that a, a few times where they put a clip in that didn't really have anything to do with the anime. I didn't see any that weren't in the anime. It was mostly towards like the beginning when they were showing off things, you know, when Chise was by herself again. The start there in front of the house. It's not really. Yeah, that's fair. I meant like after it starts up oh, and okay. shows the clips. Because that's all it is. Like it's just clips from the anime itself. I feel Same. like it was a less is more kind of situation. Oh, yeah. I think it, it's great. It fit really well. I think it worked very, Sometimes very well. Sometimes I, I watch OPs to animes and stuff, and they're just so over the top of the animation that it's. Some like, of them are very convoluted mm. too. Like some of them just kind of circle jerk. It's not great. Um, no, I, I really liked also, like, the be, the end of the OP matters in both. Yes. The end of the OP in the first one is her returning, and that literally happens in the anime. That clip, exactly. Like, yes. it's it literally happens. And then in the second one, we'll get to it in a bit. This is your, your last warning for spoilers. Uh, 
Fuck me, dude. The moment in, I think it was episode 22, where it shows the, like, kind of, like, greenish, like, I don't even know where they are, like, in at night when, when she chases Cartophilus. Holy fuck. I was like, oh my god, that's it. I found it. It's the bit in the, in the ending, or the opening. This is amazing. The... Uh, fountain? Yeah. Man? Yeah. Yeah. That's towards the end. It's toward, it's... I think it was 22 or 23. Might have been 23. It was 20. I'm pretty sure it was 23. Yeah. Because that, because when it, <coughs> when it ends. I think it was the end of 23. Yeah. yeah it was the end yeah. of 23. That's why I was so shook. I saw it and then it went to the ending and I was like, it's so good. Yeah. The, the transition from, you know, the end of the episode toward, to the actual end mm-hmm. theme. You know, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Everything in this fucking anime is so, like, artistically done, and it's so wonderful. I love it. It's 10 out of 10. So let's talk about other stuff besides the OPs. I was thrilled that it was Western folklore. Oh, my God, same. You don't see that in anime very often, and I loved it. Listen, I'll never complain about yokai, but No, but it's done often. Yeah. And there are so many out there that are like that. And just seeing Western folklore was really nice. And it was done really well. And there were so many different um, beings in folklore oh, that God, were in yeah. it. It was just awesome to me. The amount of research that they put in for this show was amazing. I, I even went through myself and I looked up some of the names because I was like, that seems almost like it was actually from, from folklore. So I looked it mm-hmm. up and I found it. And I was like, nope. That's... And they basically pulled the stories from folklore. They didn't really alter them a great deal no. just here and there so it fit the story well. It's funny because like right at the beginning when she meets that fairy, my first thought was do not tell her your name. Yeah. <laughs> and it never came up, but I was like that that would be a cool little neat thing. Which one, Ariel? Yeah. Yeah. The the fae that you're not you know you're really not supposed to trust them too much. I mean cuz and they shows you right off the bat um, after she first gets there, you know, and the uh, Ariel comes in, she tries to take her for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, she tries to, tries to make it seem like, oh, it's, everything's going to be all right. Just come with me. We're just going to go for a walk and then tries to get her to go into the fairy realm. But in her love for, or her not love yet, but the kindness that Elias had showed her was enough to snap her out of almost the trance. That she was that she was going into because you saw her eyes glaze over as Ariel's talking sweet nothings basically into her ear to get her to go, and then Elias shows up and is like, "Yep, this was a good lesson for you." Mm-hmm. But she is mine, my little puppy. It's such an interesting relationship uh, between Elias and uh, and Chise. There's something something weird about it, but also like still pretty like nice. Yeah, no, it's comp. It's it's like it doesn't feel as gross for some reason. Still knowing that she is fifteen, turning sixteen, uh, and he is ancient. He's over three hundred years old. Mentality yeah. wise, but, though, I think he's even. Oh, he's younger. Could, than you her. could say, she, yeah, he's younger yeah. than even she is. He, he doesn't. He doesn't believe he has emotions. But he has a lot more than he thinks. Yeah, oh, yeah later I mean, on in the show, he starts he starts feeling it. You know, when uh, she goes off to make her wand later in the show, mm-hmm. he's talking about how he's cold, and cold. he doesn't know why he's cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good. I don't know. There's something about this show. Like, that relationship never bothered me in the way that, like, let's say, Tatsuya and uh, his sister. 
Like they gave me the weird, weird feelings. I, I like think it. that it's a little hard to use a comparative between the two, though, because I mean, these are mythical beings, and she's technically she's human, but she's mythical herself. And I, I don't really, I guess, I don't hold them to the same standards as I guess she would view mm. humans. I don't know. Maybe that's weird to say. It is weird. Yeah, but at the and the other token, you know. She's if she's actually going to become a mage, right? Then she does. She can live a lot longer. I know she's a sleigh baggy, and she was supposed to, you know, she only had three years really um, to live if she yeah. if nothing was done. Um, but he was working on finding ways to help her so that she could live a long life. You know, he's both fatherly and you know smitten. At the same time, you know. And almost like a kid at times. Yeah. Like, he's her child at times. He throws tantrums. He doesn't know when he's angry, but there are times where he, he's just angry. And she's, because it, it was her fault. She did something that she shouldn't have, you know, run off and almost get herself killed. How many times? I like the relationship between the two. I mean, she's a broken young girl. And he is kind of broken in his own way, too. He doesn't have any memories. Of a long time prior to Lindell finding him, and yeah. um, the the actual the fairies, mm. the the rest of the fairy creatures, the fake crime there. Wow, um, they, none of them like him. They all call him a, a failure, a half-assed monster. You know, so he can kind of understand, even though he doesn't know he can. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the plight that she's gone through. So. I think it's kind of nice because, honestly, most of the characters in this have something that have happened to them in their past, or respectively, that has broken them in one way or another. Nobody's mm-hmm. really perfect, yeah. unquote, quote, unquote, perfect you know, the, in this. The only ones we don't really see have too much of a horrible backstory, really, are Simon and Angie. Stella. Well, yeah. even then, with Stella. everything that happened with Ash and I, I would say that yeah, I was gonna, I'm leaving her out of that. Like, that is her tragic backstory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she lived. We, she's living through it. We watched it. We watched it happen. That's fair. <laughs> but you know, we find out Angie. Angie does have some something tragic. She is a mage, mm-hmm. so she's been alive for a long time. She's watched lovers die before. I was gonna say it does seem like that's kind of the tragedy for her. Is yeah. like, and she is also living through it. You know what I mean? Like her, her lovely husband is very human, but she's able to, she's able to live in the present, mm-hmm. you know, and enjoy the time she has with this man that she denied for over a decade from what he was talking about. And, uh, he, she finally gave in and now she's happy again, but she knows that the happiness is only, you know, temporary, but, um, do you guys want to work? Through episode, or did you want to just kind of? Yeah, we could just make it a little free form, a little, okay? A little loosey goosey. We can start from the beginning and work our way through it and everything. Yeah. So, like, it's really this is something I was just thinking of, actually, like, no joke, like, I don't know, fifteen minutes ago. Uh, it's really funny that, like, because you, because she was bought, you know, right? She kind of sold herself, but it is very funny if you really think about it, because. Technically speaking, Elias spent five million pounds, but she was really half off because she gets half of that. Fair. So, oh, yeah. like, really, he only spent like two point five mil. Like, that's not bad for a person. That's not bad at all. It's a pretty good deal, actually. At least where I'm from, it's not bad at all. 
It's just one of those things that I was just thinking about it. I'm like, man, that's a little weird, huh? Now, out of curiosity, do you guys have a favorite character? Joseph. It's rather hard for me to pinpoint just one character, but I guess I really like Ruth. I like Ruth a lot, too. I'm, Ruth is the best of boys. What's the name she of really the, uh, the alchemist girl? Alice? Alice. Alice, yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like just about... I, okay, be fair. I like almost every character. You know, I even started to feel for Yosef. So did yeah. I. The well, more you learned about his story. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely not be able to forgive him for a lot of the things that he did. But I also kind of understand yeah. in a way. Well, it's funny because in, in the context of like the Joseph story, it's so weird. Because when I was talking to you yesterday before I finished the show itself, um, after right before the episode of this backstory, I was talking about it. And I was like, I feel like a lot of like, because obviously I was figuring out very easily that Joseph and Cartophilus were two different beings. And I was like, well, I feel like Cartophilus is like the spirit inside of Joseph, kind of, that was that. Which is kind of true, but like not really. And I was like, I think Cartophilus is the one that's evil. I don't think Cartophilus is the one that's evil. I, I, I think he's good. I, I don't think either of them are evil. It was the pain and the suffering yeah. that they were going through that, that corrupted them. See, but I don't think Cartophilus was corrupted. I think he was fine. He was chill. He did nothing. He was basically. in pain. He was just in pain and wanted to die. He was just die. living in pain and all I he don't, wanted was to die. Either. I don't think he was broke, but you do see the moment that Joseph breaks. Yes. And it's like, whoa, okay, I see he's unhinged. I understand. And then we fused with him. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think he took two broken people and they kind of became yeah. one. And worse. Yeah. It, and they just, they compounded on top of each other, which, you know, because Joseph and Cartophilus, they didn't want to be in pain. So they were searching for ways to be able to keep moving so they can and it got to this point where in uh, some of the earlier episodes um they didn't even like they didn't even remember why they had started doing all of this because it had been centuries i mean he was over two thousand years old i mean didn't even have memories of where all this started all Really, the only thing he remembered was being called Cartophilus kind of set him off. It's like, don't call me by that. Yeah, don't call me that cursed name. You know, um, I I did some research on Cartophilus, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a real... Uh, known well, as the Wandering Jew. Yeah, known as the Wandering Jew. It's actually a, a was, I don't know if it's still in the Bible. I don't. Yeah. I'm is. not religious, but uh, he, um, in some stories, he actually becomes baptized and takes the name Yosef or Joseph, however you mm-hmm. want to pronounce it. Um, so I thought that was a really cool nod towards, you know, Christian mythology because it's the same person yeah. in the show, but it starts out as two separate people. This just shows you the level of dedication well, that yeah. was put into this. It's funny, right? Because I was when I first started it, I was watching it uh, right at the beginning. I was like, oh, that's cool. They're going like even further west, like American. And I was like, wait a minute. Catholicism <laughs> is a real thing, and it's in Europe, guys. I gotta tell you, that's the that's just spoiler. Catholicism exists, and it happened. Oh, it fucked me up. I was like, wait a minute, I, I'm so stupid. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Father. Um, <laughs> no, I I think that there was uh, a bit of redemption in him as well. But and I really like the end. Like we can talk about that later. But like the end where it shows him, I was very happy. Yeah. Um, and then. After after all that, they go to see Angie for the first time. 
Oh yeah, the episode I titled. Uh, let me see, magic flowers and an axolotl. It's <laughs> fair. Yeah, it's, it's the only reason I liked that episode Ew. was the axolotl. <laughs> I gave each uh, episode a different title because I thought it'd be more fun. So, you see that she's not afraid of all of the fey creatures, you know? Um, and I think something that helped with that are the shows that you guys didn't watch, the three mm-hmm. OVAs that came out in the before the actual anime came out, mm-hmm. I believe. Right, Ashley? Yeah, I believe they... I'm pretty sure that they yeah, had they come out, out prior. Yeah. Um, it For a short period of time, she sees um, a bunch of other fey that aren't mean, and she's told by the um, the mage of the forest who runs the library that not all fey are bad. So she's probably also had more experience with fey as she grew up that weren't just out to, you know, eat her. Eat she her mentioned in her. the episode at the church when Ruth came into the picture that she knew which one she could talk to and which one she couldn't talk right. to. And she, when that thing was talking to her and chasing after her, she's like, this is one of the ones I can't talk to. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a really cute axolotl. There the she cuddles and, and he loves her, and then he shows up through the rest of the. I anime. was so fucking happy, dude. I sh- like as I was watching it, and she's leaving, and I see him like oh. kind of following her a little. I was like, oh, she, he's he's gonna show up on the train, and he didn't show up on the train. I got very sad, and then as soon as he got like they went inside, and he started, he came in. I was like, yeah, this is it. It's the best anime, ten out of ten, better than anything we've watched yet. In the in the first that like dragonfly looking thing that came oh, up yeah. that cuddled her that she mm-hmm. just kind of snuggled for a second. And then Ellis is like, oh, you can see them. She's like, oh, yeah, about that. Oh, yeah, I titled episode one, uh, Fairies and Human Trafficking. Fair. Which is fair. That's, that's pretty accurate, I believe. And now we're on episode three. Uh, she gets kidnapped by a dragon. Yeah, this episode's name is Dragons, Lindell, and a Natural Death. This was not a fun episode. No, I cried. <laughs> this was uh, this was Violet Evergarden levels of sad. Yeah. And emotional. Oof. Yeah. Uh, now we're on Scott Crycheck 2021. Has he cried yet? Negative. Oh. Shocking. The boy doesn't miss. He doesn't miss, boys. The interaction between Nevin and Chise were just amazing to me. And I'm actually glad that he kind of invaded her space and he said that he was glad she didn't do it because she can't fly. Yeah. You know, um, he helps her a lot through the a anime. Lot. Helps her. He basically shows up when she's ever in like a conundrum in her brain that's she's they're fighting for control you know the the dark thoughts or the it's like nevin is her voice of reason yeah when she can't mm-hmm. find it herself you know he's the first one who really helps you start that journey to recovery from mm-hmm. the trauma you know because he says you know um in set in the anime you've seen now uh a flashback at least of chise and her mother her mother's choking her while she's yeah. laying there um and Nevin says, I'm thankful for your mother for letting you go, for giving birth to you. You know, and it's just that Chise never thought of it like that. She never thought of, wait, you know, my mom, my mom's gone. She jumped. She tried to kill me, but she killed herself instead. Why, why didn't she take me with her? And this is the first time she ever thought, oh, thank you for letting go, for letting me live my life. You know, as she's starting to see more of the light and the kindness of people and other people around her. There's something weird about that situation, too, uh, her mom, right? I was thinking about it while I was watching it. There's something weird about it. Like, I don't think she went crazy. I think she was, like, being led astray by something. 
No, she was crazy. No, she she, she can she's yeah I know she can see them. and everything. Yeah, that doesn't can, mean you can't talk. And to them. I think she was just pushed to a point where she was like, I can't do this anymore. If I didn't have her in my life, then I could probably survive a little bit easier. Bingo. And then it's like she starts doing it, and then all of a sudden, a moment of realization is, oh my god, what am I doing? Let's go. And it's like. I can't believe I tried to do that. The only way that I can make up for this is to take myself out of the picture rather than her out of the picture. I don't know. There's something weird no, about it. it is that she's she's exactly right. I mean, is it like confirmed? confirmed? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, the episodes you decided to not watch. Wow. It's not that I decided not to watch my enough time at the end. But uh, yes, it, it's confirmed. It shows. Um, it was her, a struggle because their yeah. her father was the one that was helping protect them the whole time, and then he took off. With the little brother, because he was kind of done with it all. And then they didn't have anybody to protect them anymore, anybody, any way to make money. And you can see that it showed flashbacks of her mom working, and it just wasn't working out. And it's yep. just all this yeah. stuff is mounting on her. And and then, you know, it, it's the stress. She's been stressed. Yeah. And when you're, when you're stressed, things can snap. And that's, what, that's basically what happened. She's been stressing for who knows how long. Could have been a year. It could have been just a few months. Yeah, but um, her trying to work, trying to take care of Chise, who's fragile as a mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. Um, and then her getting stressed, seeing more and more fake creatures without anyone there to help her through it, like her husband used to do. Um, and then finally, there that voice that that people have. You know, sometimes it's there for even normal people have it, but mm-hmm. this time it actually um, it got to her. It said, you know, if we didn't have her. We could probably survive. And then she says, you know, she yells to herself, no, I'm not going to do that. But then it just goes, then she, it snapped in her brain and she actually goes to do it. And then while she's choking her daughter after the, you know, Okasa, and then she lets go of her, her hand. She sees that what she's doing and can't live with herself. I think it was her last attempt at a kindness for her daughter. She didn't want to live with herself knowing that she might hurt her daughter, you know, and, which I don't necessarily view it as a kindness to her, but I think at the time, given the situation, that was her way of showing a kindness to her, and the only way she could possibly do it. Yeah, because she was literally stretched so thin that she just couldn't do it anymore. And she she had a feeling that um, this is more speculation than anything, but she had a feeling that if she didn't do that, she was probably going to try again, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. time she might not snap out of it in time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I the those three episodes at the end, the OVAs there from the beginning, um, they show the first family she's with. You know the, mm-hmm. the cousin, and she won't yeah. eat because of the thing that's on the table. Yep. I've I've watched them. It's just been a long time since I've watched them. And Auntie there and her children are fucking assets. Well, because nobody tries to actually understand mm-hmm. her. Nobody. They, Nobody tried. No one tried to help her. No one... And that's why Chise got to the point where she was not wanting to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. She wanted to kill herself, just be done with the situation. And then, next best thing, I'll just sell myself. Yeah. I, uh, Connor and I were talking about it mm-hmm. yesterday in the car. Um, instead of, you know, putting the food and, you know, saran wrapping it and putting it in the fridge or moving it because she's uncomfortable sitting there, you know, you've got to work with children. Especially if they're afraid, even mm-hmm. if you don't, even if you don't believe what they're seeing, you've got to help them. That's that's our job as mm-hmm. adults to help children. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you're a parent, 
you know, Ashley. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah. You're going to do whatever it takes to make your child feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, even if even if it was not my child and I knew that they were uncomfortable because, you know, they say that there's something on the table. They don't want to eat at the table. Then I'll move the food. I'll put it some. We can find some place where you can sit, where you can eat. You'll feel more comfortable mm-hmm. where you're not going to get attacked or you feel like you're going to get attacked by something. Mm-hmm. And they just refuse to do that because you're just terrible people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else is next. Oh, well, while we're on the topic of dragons, because that's what we were talking about before, what did you think of Lindell? I have a theory. Oh, you have a lot of theories. I'm a theory man. <laughs> this show, and you're, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about right now, and you will not have any idea what I'm talking about right now. This show is so much like the fucking movements that it's insane. Oh. <laughs> it's this old show by this uh, woman named Tove Janssen. Or show, sorry, children's book series. Like okay. it's old. It's it's pretty old. Um, it's it's gained a lot of popularity fairly recently, and I've known about it for a hot minute. But it's really good. But it, it shares a lot of really like similar moments. Um, in particular, Lindell uh, is this character named Snufkin, and I believe this to be true. I believe Lindell is directly based on Snufkin. Yeah, I've heard this theory. Snufkin <laughs> is a free spirit. He is. Kind of a, for the most part, a solo dude, but, like, he still makes friends along the way and, like, people that he's very close to. He's very anti-authoritarian, uh, and I think Lindell is pretty pretty, pretty much that. He's kind of just, he love, loves to be on his own. He's got his dragons. He's just chilling with his friends in the countryside of uh, Sweden, probably. You know, just having a grand time. More than that, though, the whole show is like the Moomins. Now I'm racking my brain trying to remember where the dragon sanctuary they, is. I don't think they actually say an exact location. They, they, they give you, it's a northern part of Europe. Uh, it's somewhere, I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's Greenland. To be in Slavic, oh, you know what it is, Scotland? Slavic areas. The Slavic areas? Yeah, I wasn't yes. wrong. You know, I'm gonna, because I'm trying to remember exactly where um, Elias was found by Lindell. It's like in Slavic regions, um, up in like can't remember specifically where. So, like, the Moomins is a lot about, like, viewing just the day in the life of a specific character, i.e. Moomin Troll, the main character of the the, the book. Um, it is an emotional journey. There's happiness. There's sadness. There's a lot of, you know, coping with things that they can't control. There's a lot of, like, viewing of traditions. A lot of viewing of the changing of the seasons and just the days through throughout those. So, like, a lot of this uh, story, to me, like, resonated with that. That said, there's a lot that is not in the Moomins. Like, you don't... He didn't get a dragon arm in the Moomins. <laughs> Moomin Troll did not get a dragon arm and kiss a, a bone man. Like, that did not happen. But it'd be sick if it did. So, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about in terms no. of Moomins. But, like... It, the one person who listens to this that knows that what the Moomins is are going to be like, you know what? That tracks. Yeah, no, I'm completely lost. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I've already listened to this, and I really didn't know before. <laughs> yeah, you got no idea, dog. It's great, though. I highly recommend it, for sure. It's well worth a, a watch. There's, a, I think, a 90s animated one that's really good. So, okay, next question for you. Fan servicey moments. Red Current and Titania. Too much or just enough? Okay, so Red Current, I think, is fine. I think she was fine. It's, it wasn't, like, that crazy. Um, the Fairy Queen, though? Titania. T- 
Titania, though? Titania? Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> there's a character in Blaze Blue called S, and uh, she's got... There's a meme about her that's basically, like, time for pudding. That's her boobs. Uh, that is Jello, my man. The way that they animate the movement on her breasts is scary. <laughs> it scared me. The motion of it was terrible. I knew I had to ask that question at the very least because it's not like rolling in fan servicey stuff, no. but definitely a couple of the characters were, you know, very big breasted, and I was just curious. Well, to me, it was like Tatani made sense, I guess, because it's like a very like over the top queen of the fae. Honestly, kind of I think that Red Current dressed the way she was in over the top was more made more sense to me than Titania because she is a vampire. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the proper term. Leon Cide. Oh, I was confused as hell. I was like, what is she talking about? Red Current <laughs> is the vampire that lived with Joel. I didn't he see he gave her the name Red Current. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't see a name at all for her. Uh, she's like a Leon Cide. I don't know how Leon to pronounce she, it, but yeah. it's basically vampire. It makes more sense because they take blood from usually men that are of the arts. And Leon Cide, like yeah, or fairy lover from Scottish Gaelic mythology, depicted as a beautiful woman who takes human lovers. They are said to live short but highly inspired lives. If the oh, human yeah. lover they choose refuses, they become the human slave. However, if the human agrees, the human becomes theirs. Death is no escape from her. I looked her up. Beautiful, high art. <laughs> and I wrote of it course, down. you looked her up. Sly dog. Her dress that way makes sense because she takes their love basically in the form of like blood and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense for her to be like this really, you know, sexy because that's how you would picture it. It's almost like as you thought she was originally a succubus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it, it's very fitting. Kind of the vibe. Um, to Tanya, I think it was a little irrelevant. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, she's supposed but... to be fabulous, isn't she? Well, she is fabulous. She's, exactly. she's the queen it's of relevant. the face. She's supposed to be, you know, she's supposed to be appealing yeah. to. Everyone, you know, so I'd like to take a back seat for Titania and talk about Oberon though, because oh, he really oh, takes it. <laughs> Oberon's a lunatic, husbando. All right, oh. you know, su I'm surprised Elias didn't smack him. <laughs> he got he got a little too close to his puppy. Yeah, Oberon's a weird one, huh? Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, he's definitely out there. And then you have Spriggan, who's just grumpy. Yeah, Spriggan's just yeah, Spriggan's just grumpy, grumpy. He just wants to make sure that <laughs> you know Titania doesn't ever talk to any of the plebs. Yeah, don't don't talk to anybody. You know, she she even says you're always so serious, Spriggan. She always talks about how she pities uh, Elias and everything, and he doesn't really like being pitied. But yeah, and she kind of uh, she tries to agree. You know, I won't pity you. Because that's what he asked her to do. And as as she sees herself as the mother for the child here. Um, well, she, everybody, they're all essentially her children. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm talking about. Titania sees every every fae creature, including uh, Chise as her child. Because mm -hmm. Chise is a slave baggy. Yep. Which is, they're closer, as she says, closer to their side than ours. Which is why they've tried to get her to come over to their side so many times because it'll she, prolong her life. She'll become less human mm -hmm. the longer. I mean, the proof's in Shannon and Shanahan, too, mm -hmm. with that one. What yep. happens? Because Shanahan was the human that she was switched with for the changeling, and he became a um, centaur, centaur, but with dog, with a dog butt. 
No. He does have a dog butt, doesn't he? Yeah. Dog, dog robos. <laughs> he did have a dog. No, yeah, she, that's, they want her, they want her there, not, not because they want to, you know, steal her away or spirit her away, it's because they want her to live. They're drawn to her. Yeah. You know, they, the, she's called the queen bee, you know, they, they describe the sleigh baggie as a queen bee. And she draws the worker bees. And there's not very many left of her kind, if any, because they did mention that they were like a dying breed. So I'm not, I don't know if they didn't really mention if there's any others left, but. They they didn't because they're extremely rare, Mm -hmm. first off. Um, And it's not something that you're you're ever going to notice until, you know, somebody runs into you who understands. I mean, they said the the magi are a dying breed too. Mm -hmm. Um, So magic itself. In the world, which, you know, if you if you look back on mythology in general, and then how things have changed and progressed, you could say magic's disappeared from the world, you know, in our world. Mm-hmm. Not actual magic, but, you know, we don't have the, the same stories, yeah. you would say. You know, we don't have knights going off and fighting dragons mm-hmm. or children being spirited away by a will of the wisp. You know, oh, Will of the Wisp. Yeah, that guy was adorable. He was he I was loved, fun, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they wanted Chise so they that she could live longer and they could keep her safe. And that was that was the challenge that keeps being brought up to Elias throughout the show: is can you keep her safe? Um, they kind of back off later when they see how far he's willing to they're what he's willing to go for her, um, which is really nice. So if we're uh, if we're talking about the king and queen of the fairies, um. The next episode is doo, 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 doo. Ah, when she goes off to the uh, the church. This is where she gets Ruth. Oh, Ruth. And we first see Catafiris. Or no, this is the second time we've seen Catafiris. Yeah, in, the name of this episode is called Black Dogs and a Blatant Disregard for the Law of Equivalent Exchange. Hey, everybody, it's Connor. I just wanted to once again thank you for listening and... Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. One, you know, check out our Twitter and Facebook page. Our Facebook is Anime Roulette Podcast, and our Twitter is at Anime underscore Roulette. Uh, I also wanted to uh, do a big shout out to the Kawaii Desappointment Podcast, who I have been listening to constantly for the last week. Like, I, I legitimately have been binging it at work every night. It's absurd. It's so funny. I've never heard a funnier group of people talking about stuff that I'm interested in. So, uh, give them a listen. Uh, thank you again, and we will see you in a couple of weeks with My Hero Academia. Bye! I was really sad with the church episode. Yeah. Um, when um, Ruth is there, and then all of a sudden the big praying mantis thing with his sister's upper half was attached to it that broke my heart yep um that was that was really rough uh seeing going back and seeing his uh because he was got all of his names he was used to be called ulysses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um when he was ulysses and he was with uh why did i not write her name down i don't remember what (laughs) her name was the only name i didn't write down um Wait, and the husband. I don't remember uh, Angie's husband either, or her child's name. But her, hey, her husband think... looked like a Mark. Yeah. A Mark. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you see Ruth's past, you know, how he, he cared for that, that girl, you know, he saw himself as his, as her brother, uh, her bigger brother. He didn't know he was a dog until yeah. after the Will of the Wisp, actually, really. Smacked him in the head. That was great. Yeah, but uh, when she was sad, 
He goes, oh, you're, which is because you got picked on. Um, he ran off into the bushes. And then you see, like, these the adorable chibi. Oh, I know. It's so cute. With a rabbit. I think one of my favorite parts of that actually was honestly seeing um, Ilias change. Yeah. The way oh. he did for the first time after Chise got stabbed. Mm-hmm. That was, like, I don't, I think that was the first time that it really showed him transforming into yes, that is something the, different. That is the first time you've seen him really, and you know. And the anger, and, you know, we've talked about him having no emotions, but he definitely feels them. I mean, he had emotions prior to then, too, because he did the same thing when Lindell was... Yeah. He, 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 um, he attaches too. to people pretty quickly, you know, if, if you think about it. The few people that he lets into his life, he attaches to... Very quickly. If any of those people got hurt, you know, Lindell, Angie, you know, for the most part, he's he's probably going to get angry. He might not transform, but, you know, he, he will get angry and he'll probably step in to do something about it, even though he seems kind of standoffish. I mean, when when uh, later in the show, when we first meet um, our vampire lady and Joel, um, no, I'm sorry, the second time we see them. When Joel's sick and mm-hmm. dying, um, at first he doesn't want to do anything. He's like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not getting anything out of this." Chise has to push him a few times. Yeah, and he says later in the show, like all, the, all of your selfish requests that you've ever made are never for you, which just mm-hmm. shows the type of character that Chise is. She because mm-hmm. she's always been put last, so she she puts herself last, and I I can relate to that in some some aspects, like putting everything else before your own well-being, pushing yourself to absolute the breaking point. She think, does that so often. I think it just took her a really long time to start to find any self-worth. Yeah. It, and I think she started to get it towards the end, and that's why when um, Ruth and Elias betrayed her, it hurt that much more to her. Because I think if she hadn't have had found any self-worth or anything, then it wouldn't mm-hmm. have had affected her. You know, she, as much she loved she loves both of them dearly mm-hmm. you know they're they're the most important people in her life you know all three of them silky ruth elias actually you know we can go farther you know angie stella stella alice. simon alice a lindel even lindel mm-hmm. not you so know, much renfred i don't think nevin even though he's now her like consciousness inside of her or her uh not consciousness uh, i think that I think that she's Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> I think she's conscience. the closest to Elias, but I personally think that she will probably forever have the strongest bond with Nevin. Yes. Only because Nevin was like the first one to basically say, "I'm glad you didn't die. Yeah. I'm glad you chose to live." You no, know, he 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 showed her. He's the fir- like I said earlier. He's the first person that you know, helped her get on that path of recovery. Without him. You know, it, it still probably would have happened, but not as drastically and not as, as well done, you know, because it comes back into play later um, towards the end of the anime when she's put, she's unconscious, and, you know, because of Catafiris, and she has to um, confront the demon of her mother, you know, the, the ghostly shape of her mother that she's created, the corruption that's happened, um, and she's able to do it. It's funny how Cartophilus did that to try and like push her down even further, mm-hmm. but he did the exact opposite. He 
dug her out of this hole that she's been perpetually stuck in for years. Yes. And and know, basically helped save her from the parts of her life that cuz she could only remember the bad times. I mean, this mm-hmm. pushed her back to wow, there were good times. There were happy moments. You know, uh and I, I saw that. I saw it coming when he said he was going to put her put her to sleep. I was like, I know he's going to make her start seeing all that the past again. But what he's going to do is he's going to give her He's going to give her that chance to uh, actually fight that demon that she has inside of her. And she's going to win. This is going to help her put that trauma behind her and move forward with her life. And mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. You know, she finally opens up. She goes out and, uh, you know, it goes to live a normal-ish life. As normal as a mage can. I was going to say, as normal as a, a, a sleigh baggy can yeah, live. a sleigh baggy mage. It was now cursed twice and you know the the full premise of it really was you know growth and rebirth and they did it really well and they told it in a way that just was mad literally magical to me i don't know the the magic in this this show so beautifully illustrated it's so beautifully you know animated um the only issue I have with it is it can't decide whether it wants to be a complex or a simplistic magic system. It it jumps yeah. back and forth, and for the most part, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I think that's apt, though. I think that's kind of, like, what it's imagined as in real life. There's yeah. a lot of complexity to it, but there's also, like, very simple things to it. Mm. Um, the animation is fucking absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, and mixed with, like... I didn't talk about it much in the last episode because My Hero Academia is just like that. Like their the music in it is just it, it's it works very yeah. well. This anime, man, the music, despite the fact that it's used like multiple times a lot, like a lot, a lot, every time it gives me chills. It's so good. I know, I know the the sound design for the show is immaculate. You know, I. I got the feels, you know, I didn't oh, cry, yeah. yeah. but you know, I got the feels, I got the, the teary eyes, you know, the, the, the knot in the throat and everything. Oh, I gave, the, it gave the me sniffles. chills so often. This is another uh, example of an anime that has a very large cast mm-hmm. of characters that spent enough time for you to have an emotional connection with almost all of them. And that's including like Mina and Matthew with the cats um, the cats. That's including mm. many characters. Mm. And it all and at the end of the anime when Elias goes and uh or when Elias is basically he's lost control of himself because Catafidus is kidnapped, you know, um Chise and he's just lost his shit because Well she kinda went willingly. She didn't well, get kidnapped. She just left. She's still but he did. He didn't really give her a choice. Yeah, he kind really. of manipulated the shit out of her. You know? Too, yeah. But, I I mean, yeah, I mean, Chise ran off, but that was because she felt like she was betrayed. And then when she made it to uh, Stella, who was being controlled and by mm-hmm. Captain Fetus, um, she didn't really have a choice. So she couldn't let the anger subside or, like, kind of yeah. stim her off. Because you know she would have. She would have been angry. And then she would have come back and... Yo, I don't know, man. He was gonna kill a child to save her. That's pretty rough. She was she was gonna stop him no matter what. Yeah, you know it wasn't going to happen. She was going to talk to him about it. They're going. They're, she was going to yell at him. 
you know, not maybe not yell at him. But I think... I mean, the same could be said about Mina and Matthew's situation. Is Matthew unredeemable because of what he did to the cats? All because he was tricked by somebody to save Mina? He wasn't necessarily tricked, though. He didn't know that that was Cartophilus. He was going to kill that child to save her. He was not tricked. He knew what he was doing. And so did Ruth. Like, Ruth had, was That's in it with him. true. It's not an irredeemable thing to be tricked. Uh, it is kind of weird to choose to kill a child to save your loved one. Well, I get it, but also... Oof. Well, I mean, he wasn't tricked, but he wouldn't have known how to do it if the witch hadn't True. kind of pushed him True. in that direction. True, but she didn't manipulate him. She was just trying to help him. But he, they made it seem like it, that he didn't have a choice. You know, it, well, I mean... Well, he didn't I, think he had a choice, I, you know? I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he wasn't... I'm not saying he was manipulated. No, yeah. he, he was clear-headed. He knew exactly yeah. what he was going to do. But... He was kind of at the last He one. wasn't going to betray her trust mm -hmm. until that witch said something. True. You know, he didn't, because he doesn't want to do anything that would make her mad. He doesn't know it, really. He doesn't really understand that feeling, but he loves this girl. You know, he loves Chise. You know, he wants the world. If he could give her the world, he would. You know, um, but I know I forgot all I was talking about. No, it, uh, I feel like when Chise came back from Cartophilus, you know, when she woke up after the, the fight there, um, the conversation was better than what it would have yeah. been without, you know, her going away with Cartophilus. That's what I was getting towards. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't absolving him of going to kill a child. I was just saying that the, the conversation was going to be different um, because what he was going to do was, you know, you know, could have been unforgivable. I was more surprised that Ruth was willing to be a part of it, more so than, like, Elias deciding to do something like that. It's, it's hard. Honest. I mean, it's much like the same thing with Elias, or Elias, or Elios, or Elios Pizza. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing, you know? He, he cares so much about her. Like, Ruth is basically the only other living being right now that, like, cares about her the way that Elias does. So it's just like, what would you do to save yeah. that person? Mm -hmm. Would you do this? Yeah. I guess both, both of both of them would literally burn the world if I mean, it would make her and happy. And Silky's over there telling yeah. on them. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, she kind of wants it to happen. You know, she doesn't want Silky doesn't want to lose Chise because when Chise goes, to, you know, to go no, there's another them, one that really loves her too. You know, yeah. she, even though Silky literally has no emotions, doesn't talk, none yeah. of that. When you but when but you get that emotion. when you get that smile, mm -hmm. you know, it's just it's so heartwarming. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, when Chise goes to go upstairs to confront them, and she Silky just grabs her and hugs her, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's based, it's her saying, "Please don't let let them let them do this." You know, I want you to live. You need to survive. You, you're yep. important to me. All this with just a hug, no words. Mm -hmm. You know, and her crying. You know, but then when you see when you for go now we're going back in time here. Um, after she makes the uh, fairy ointment. For Joel, mm -hmm. for and for uh, our vampire lady there, um, so the fairy ointment is made so that Joel can see the Red vampire, current, yep. um, because you, normal people can't see the fae. Mm -hmm. So when she makes it, she pushes herself so far. She has to stay awake for five days after you know to control the the amount of mana mm -hmm. that's going into it. It works. Joel gets Joel gets his 
final wish, you know, his last request, he gets to see her. They get to have their conversation. And then afterwards, when Oberon... Oberon like, let it nay, happen. nay, yeah. can't be doing that. <laughs> you know, he, he knew what happened. You know, they, they got the smell. He let it happen. He was like, nope, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to let this... I'm going to let my darling child do whatever she wants. But I'm going to come take it later. Because... You know, that's just what a doting father does. You know, yeah. I'll we'll let you let you do the silly thing that I'm not supposed to let you. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> I titled this episode "You Can't Do This to Me." Yeah, <laughs> um, how much I was fucking crying. Yeah, and then Chise vomits blood and collapses. Um, and they take her to the land, you know, the uh, Feyland. Um, and they tell Silky. We're going to be gone for a while. Oh, that was so uh, sad watching her just like wait and wait. You and you know, and after, it's crazy because there's not much emotion, but man, did I feel it. Yeah, you know, there's there's hardly anything spoken during a portion of that episode because we're just we're watching Silky do her thing. But you, I commend her for being as strong as she is because she didn't let um, the fact that she was feeling down because she was alone again, and she hates being alone. She well, she was a banshee that almost disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kept cleaning. She didn't stop. She kept her, her job up. The first time it really hits you that she hasn't quite thought that they weren't coming back yet was when she puts the bells up on the door after she gets mm-hmm. done cleaning and then turns around and then thinks to herself, you know, of, of Chise and Elias showing up. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you, Silky. You've done such a great job. And then she smiles kind of smugly to herself. She's like, <laughs> and then the bell doesn't ring and the smile just slowly comes off of her face. And then you just start seeing her. You know, she looks around, she changes the, the wallpaper. She looks at the, the buckets and everything. You can see it in her face. Like, I, they're not coming. I'm not going to get praised for this. No, can't think like yeah, that. Yeah, she picks herself right yep. back up. Rolls up those sleeves and is like, I just, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. You know, this is this is what I'm here for. I'm, help, I'm here to help the house, make sure the house is clean. I was charged with making sure the house stayed clean, you know, and everything was fine. And she does, and she keeps it up. And then when they finally show up, that the joy that she feels, the hug tackle that Chise gets, mm-hmm. that that was a really a nice moment for all like all that sadness. That's what that's what we were talking about earlier, about how every time something sad happens, when it's resolved, something really heartwarming happens. Or they, funny. Or funny. You know, it's, they give you a, a palate cleanser, and it's not a shocking one. No, um, and it's not distasteful. No. It's not, like, poorly done or anything like that. It's 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 put in at the great moments, right? it, in my opinion. They, they've timed it. Well, you know, there are other shows where you can go around and you can watch something completely depressing happen. And the palate cleanse is just something completely off the wall and silly. And it just kind of ruins the whole mood of what you just went through. But because, mm-hmm. you know, you can try too hard. to. Yeah, they definitely balance this well between the depressive and the, you know, pick-me-ups and stuff like that. Um, another area that really broke my heart was the auction with the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was heartbreaking, and she could feel the emotions. and It was sending her into a full-blown panic. Mm-hmm. You know, Elias holds her, and he's like, he tells her, he walks her through, he goes, these aren't your emotions. You know, just breathe. I, you need to calm down. We can help him. Just, I'd like to know whose face he copied. I, I would, too, actually. <laughs> Damn. 
It was cute, though. It was cute, but it was a new one. At first, I thought it was the uh, the 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 other mage that Lindell was uh, the apprentice of. At first, and I was like, "No, I don't think it was." It's uh, Ahab. Ahab. Uh, Rahab. Uh, Rahab. Yeah, that's right. Rahab. Rahab. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one that yeah. um kind of made me believe in my fan theory of what he yeah. is. So. I- <laughs> I tried to I tried to look up like the the mythology for that name, mm-hmm. and there are several. So yeah. I I couldn't figure out because we didn't get enough information from her, so I couldn't figure out where they pulled, you know, their uh, mm-hmm. their influence from for her name for that one. I tried. Speaking of fan theories, okay, let's talk about this one because I've got a good one. Um, do you have a fan theory of what Ilias is? No, I do. I think I do. Well, a lot of people think he's a Wendigo, and I don't think he is. Mm, maybe. It's potential, but, like, I don't I think he is a Leshian. Or a Leshy. However you want to say it. The Leshian again? Okay. Like, I, think, I think I've got it in my head, but I, I just can't. You know, so, a monster hunter, technically. Well, no, you didn't do that quest. Let's it's from see. The Witcher. So I'll give ah, you a little bit yeah, of a rundown of it um, and why I think he's a Leshian. So, for one... Leshens are a part of Slavic mythology, which would really fit given the area that they're in and mm. where Lindell found him and everything like that. So Leshies or Leshens are humanoid, can take many forms, can change in size and shape. Um, he's known for all of these things. We've seen him grow small. We've seen him mm-hmm. grow big. We've mm-hmm. seen him transform into other people, things like that. Um, they're um, sometimes depicted as having horns. And they were known to lead travelers astray into the forests, though they're not malevolent. It's a person-to-person situation. So, like, basically, if it's a bad person, they're going to lead them off and take care of them kind of situation. No, no, no. Um, mm-hmm. Rahab yeah. has even stated that he doesn't look like he was a human that was had botched a spell. He doesn't look like he belongs to the human side of things. So there goes the Wendigo ideal, because Wendigos are human. Yeah. Right. Um, that do cannibalistic acts. And um, let's see what else. The only, this is what I put in. This is the only confusing part about the Leshen thing. Ashen Eyes said he was born as a failure. Yeah. So the only reason that that kind of blows my Leshen idea out is because, is he maybe a chimera? That's the only other theory I have because, and the only thing I really have to go on with the possibility of a chimera is the first time they met Cartophilus, he knew who he was and called him by name. Yet when Renfred asked him if he knew him, he said no. Like there may possibly be something in his past that he can't remember because mm-hmm. all he remembers is red and admitting to uh, Lindell that he thinks he's eaten humans before. So. Those are Leshen is like my top theory. Yeah. However, Chimera, considering the premise of the, he could have been a Fey of some kind mm. that was a part of a Chimera experiment that Cartophilus was doing and considered a born failure. I mean, I don't know. The manga's still ongoing, and I read it, and it has yet to say anything. So. Well, I I did. You know, like I said, I did a lot of research and I looked up names and I checked his, I checked into his uh, name there and there's no mythology behind it. Yeah. Um, all it means basically it's a wall of spears or spear wall, 
which is which, tracks. Yeah, it, it which, fits. Which is from they um, call him the child of Thorn and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it was, it's from or the earliest mention of it is uh, zero CE. So, um, it, it's yeah we see it we see him before you know use his thorns as you know a wall to protect Chisei. I know that but, one of the most popular fan theories on the internet is a Wendigo, but it just doesn't fit. First of all, it doesn't fit because it's not folklore that really fits in with where they are. And two, there's been too many mentions of him being born a failure and being too close to the fae side than the human side for it to fit. I mean, it, I, we, we're not entirely, we can't really entirely know how the, the fae itself work. Because say, look at a, could, a, could a chimera be considered a fae creature because yeah. you've got, um, y- uh, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Ruth. He was he was a normal dog, and then he passed away, you know, on his his owner's grave, and came back, you know, as a church grim. Dog. Yeah, like sixty years later, sixty to hundred years later, as a black dog, you know. Um, and then we've also got the the human Shanahan, Shanahan or Shauna, as they say in the uh, Japanese yeah. version. Um, he's now part Bay, so who knows. Who knows how it works, but uh, aren't Wendigos goes from aren't window goes from Native American, Native American mythology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like it's more... such a stretch because it's a totally different type of like folklore and mythology yeah, this than is, this where is more this Gaelic is. Celtic mythology. Yeah, you know, Slavic. Slavic would fit. That's why I thought Leshen may be possible, just because given Lindel found him, and I believe it's in the Slavic regions where mm-hmm. the dragons are. Yeah. I mean, uh, oh, the the Selkie for uh, Lindel's. Um, hey, uh, he's familiar. so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's that's from Norse and Celtic mythology. So, yep. There's a whole lot of everything in there. Yep. I like it. It's it's very intriguing the way it works with everything in. You know, that's I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people will say Wendigo is because it's like there's already so much like extra stuff from several different mythologies that who knows. But I don't. I mean, I mean, it's not that it's impossible. No, the only working theory. I think it's just one that I don't on. really. Feel it is it fits. The only working theory anybody runs on, I think, is basically the fact that he just eats flesh or has eaten flesh, and the fact that he has horns. Like I said, that's the only reason people think he's a Wendigo. There's not really a whole lot of evidence otherwise. No. Yeah. I'm not really too concerned with what he is yeah. because I want to hug him and help him oh, get so to himself. I liked I like the scene where Chise finally asked him if she looked tasty. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he got kind of he got kind of upset about it. He wanted to like wipe her memories. Like you don't need to remember this. You you see how fast he can he can cast because later, you know, when he puts her to sleep, it's just a bonk and then she's asleep. He bonked her. So if he really was going to take that memory, or if he really wanted to take that memory, he could have just done it without her, yeah. um, you know, doing anything. But something inside of him probably was like, "Should I take that memory from her? It's it's her memory, I, and we're trying to help her." So, because if he wanted to, he could have just obliter obliviated all of her memories. Certainly shows growth in him. Ones. Yeah, I mean they they help each other grow, you know. Um, so in the the third episode of the. Um, OVAs, uh, what's his name there? Mirai-san tells her, uh, you might see nothing but pitch black darkness right now, 
but you have to keep trying and trying. Looking into the dark world and off, into, off in the distance, you'll surely find some light. And when you find the child of a star, they'll surely find you too. And you'll surely shine light on each other, and then your world will no longer be pitch black. That is the most Kingdom Hearts-ass shit I've ever heard. <laughs> but that's... You know that's the that's the man who uh, he's the mage of the forest. He runs that uh, library, which actually is no library, but it's neither here nor there. Um, but it, it's from a he helps her because he gives her a storybook. It's called the, the Little Lonely Star. Is the storybook he mm-hmm. gives her, um, and that's what starts off those those three episodes. Yeah, when she goes into the study with mm-hmm. Elias, and uh, he, you know, she doesn't believe it then. But as she as she starts growing, and I mean th- those take place after she makes her wand, um, so she's the human teacher, as he as he yeah. calls her later, um, and she un- she actually starts to understand that, and she starts to believe it because she's smiling after um, at the end of it. She knows that the memory's painful, um, but it's also full of joy too because it, it it's a time where she was actually. Um, loved again or she was cared for mm-hmm. you know mirai was extremely kind to her so it's it's just one of those things do you think this would be a good starter anime for people or you know it it's funny because i liked this a lot i don't think it would be that good of a starting anime See, i agree i think it's good i think it's really good and i think people should watch this like i think it's really incredible and if you have made it this far and listened to us talk about it you should have just watched it frankly speaking it's it's so <laughs> good it's well worth the watch i i don't think we do it justice it's it's too good it's really good it it really is but i don't know if um, i'd call it a starter but i don't think it's a starter anime either um maybe number three Maybe watch it for a third anime it's a good one it's definitely like high on my list of like animes that i like though it did land on romance, and this is a romance, but man, there was a lot more than romance. Yeah. There oh, yeah. A lot of heartbreak. You know, we, we saw at least three people pass yeah. away. You calling know. this a romance is like calling Violet Evergarden a romance. Like, yeah, there are <laughs> romantic moments, and like, there is love in that show. But hey, like, they get together in the end. Yeah, they do, as they should. But it's just like, it's it's definitely something else entirely there's there's like it, it overcomes that genre for yeah. certain and it it i agree you know because the there is there is romance and you get to see it bloom but it's so much more it's about yeah. helping people and each other overcoming through, that trauma yeah through trauma you know mm-hmm. helping people understand and start to believe in in themselves and in others you know because right now in the world People don't ever trust anyone, and this is this is a show that's built on on trust, you know. And I think that's just it's just beautiful how how they've done it, how they've worked it through, and how everything's so connected. We get to see uh, we get to see two journeys through recovery and understanding each other, you know. And you see a lot of different sides to it. I mean, when you look at like Joseph and Cartophilus. And you look at Elias, and you look at Lindell, like all these people who've had their own traumas, and they all mm. deal with it in very, very different ways. It's it's very intriguing to see, like you can see where each person would kind of land in like today's situations. It's very interesting. I highly recommend it. Yeah. 
also shows you the strength of these people, mm-hmm. um, especially the ones that have already that, that have already gone through so much. You know, like like Angie. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got and and Lyndall too. They've mm-hmm. bo- they've both gone through some, some terrible things in their lives. I mean, they've been alive for who knows how long. We know Lyndall's over three hundred years yeah. old. We don't. They never give us a specific age, but we know he's over three hundred. Um, and we just watch them help others through their trauma, even though they've because they've suffered before. And they found their coping mechanisms. You know, Lindell's is taking care of those dragons, yep. and then completely wrecking shop with anybody who tries to touch his dragons. True. You know, Angie's got her husband and her her child, and then her work. You know, she mm-hmm. loves what she does. Hugo, her familiar Hugo, yeah, Hugo's great. You know, uh, we when we first see him, um, Hugo's floating over Angie's shoulder because they're making something, and uh, Hugo sees Chise. Kind of like look around the yeah look around the corner, and Hugo just puts a finger to his lips like shh, because she's working. You know, got, you got to concentrate. I would say it's romance, maybe a little bit of psychological. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Action. There's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's. 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 There's not a lot of shows like this. Like again, like Violet Evergarden is the only thing I can really compare it to. There's just a lot yeah. of. It's almost like a therapy show. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's so therapeutic to watch, and, like, I think a lot of people can resonate with those. I think that one thing that this one does better than Violet Evergarden, though, is it kind of gives you those pullback moments from the sad. Yes. Violet yes. Evergarden is just heavy. Once it hits a certain episode in Violet Evergarden, it doesn't stop. It's just heavy, heavy. This one is heavy, but then you get the funny to pull you back up a little bit. And there are some, like, moments of, like, action that, like, it adds to the levity of it. It it definitely is so well rounded that I can't help but think everybody should watch it. I think it has something for everyone. I definitely recommend it. All of the mythological uh, iconography in it, as well as like I don't know. When I was a kid, I was into that stuff a lot. So it definitely is like twelve year old Connor's wet dream talking about fucking Norse <laughs> mythology and shit. Yeah, I, I I loved I loved it. It was it's really good. It's one of my favorite, you know, I'm sad that I stopped it the first time I got distracted there because now that I've watched all of it, you know, I had two characters pegged completely wrong because I decided not to watch the rest of the anime. It only watched 16 episodes the first time I watched it. And, uh, I didn't think the sorcerers, you know, Ren, Fred and, uh, Alice, it's like, these people might just be horrible. And then later into the show, you know, and when Alice calls or Alice sends a letter, to Chise, and they go shopping together to go find Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're right. No, they, these are actually really nice people. They were just, they just didn't have a choice with what they're doing the first time, you know? And then Alice, with her past, you know, she's a, she's a good companion for Chise because she's went through something similar, you know? With, uh, well, not with, uh, with their family, at least. You know, a family that was using her. Um, but... You know, put it, got her hooked on drugs mm-hmm. and got her to selling them as a child. You know, a, a small, it was probably 10, maybe. And then when she finally gets uh, saved, it was nice to see somebody, mm-hmm. you know, actually take her in. And, you know, she was a street rat, so she yeah. didn't trust him. And after she made a mistake, she understood that, oh, this man actually does want to protect me. It's, yep. it's just nice seeing how connections, mm-hmm. people, like, 
people with connections and uh, can grow past their trauma. You know, it doesn't matter if they can't completely put it behind them. As long as you have someone that you can reach out to, then you you always you're always able to pull yourself out of that darkness. I mean, I'm bordering psychotic depression. You know, mm-hmm. I've got anxiety. I've got all this. I think this one sends a good message to people that are struggling with um, mental like depression, you know, different things like that, too, because it kind of shows you that, yeah, you can be depressed and, yeah, you get really down. But guess what? Look at all these networks. And all you have to do is have one person, mm-hmm. one person there to to be there for you and stuff. I think it sends a really good message. Yeah, I mean, for for me, the the message that I got that I got. I got <laughs> um, the message I got was rely on people. You know, don't don't try to do everything by yourself. If you if you need help, reach out to somebody. You know, I and I'm I'm horrible at doing that. Yeah, I get I get yelled at all the time by my friends and family because I don't reach out if I'm in one of my funks. I think that's what makes this show so good, though, is how relatable it is to the audience. I mean, I relate with that, too. We all struggle with yep. it. Everybody. I, I don't think there's a person in our age range that doesn't. So it's, Probably not. It's hard, you know? Not in this day and age. No. It's, you know, there's there's a lot of trauma to be had. We all share it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all, we're, we're all too connected. Trauma comes in many, many facets. Too true. You know? Uh, so I think that's good. I think we did a, did a good job there. I think we did the show justice, yeah? I, I, I think so. We... we Left out a lot. Yeah. There is a lot that we completely left out. So if if any of this interests you, if any of that crazy shenanigans we just talked about interests you, then definitely give the show a watch. You know, you won't you won't regret it. Your your tear ducts will be mad at you. Yeah. Accurate. So make sure to have, you know, a a box of tissues and a, a, a tub of ice cream. For sure. You know, whatever your uh your comfort food is while you're watching this show. Agreed. Uh, and with that, we have come to the the segment. We are going to spin that wheel. That's it. So that's the not copyrighted music that I'm singing today. All right, it's a little scuffed. Don't mind me. I had to get it up again. That's what she said. Uh, that's what he said. All right, we're gonna spin it. And we have horror. Yay! I was so fucking happy, dude. I was hoping it was gonna be horror. Oh, I hope this lands on what I want it to land on. That's all I'm gonna say. Got a lot of stuff on here. Let's see what it is. And the winner is The Promised Neverland. Yay! Let's go! Womenzo! I haven't watched that at all yet. Me either. Oh, neither, None dude. of us have. I wanted oh. to read the manga first. I'm so happy right now that we don't have to watch Shoujo Subaki. I'd never heard of it before. I definitely heard about that like eight years ago and just forgot about it and then apparently wrote it down. I don't know how I... This is like so a this curse. this is horror, so that means no watching it in front of the kid. No watching it in front of the kid. <laughs> the little bit that I have been spoiled on about this show, don't watch it in front of your kid. Uh, so we will be back in two weeks. 
with the Promise Neverland. Uh, thank you guys again. Remember to uh, hit up that Twitter, hit up that Facebook, Anime Roulette, Anime Underscore Roulette, all of it. You know it. You love it. Love you. I will see y'all later. Bye. Bye.